I love this time of year. I, I love opening up the Torah and, and seeing the first words of Torah. I love seeing the, the words uh, in the beginning, the Lord Elohim created the heavens and the earth. I, I love the fact that we went through a full year of, of whatever we went through. I love that we went through a full year of ups, downs, lefts, rights, ins, outs. We learned real quick from the Torah that the journey in the wilderness ain't a straight line. It's got a couple of left turns and right turns and stay here for a little bit and stay here for a long time and move this way and reverse engines and go that way. And we've zigged and zagged over the course of the year and we've celebrated all the holidays and the, it, the beauty of this day is that he is just not done because we've went through the whole cycle and when it's all said and done and the scroll is rolled to, to the very end, what more is there to say? There's nothing else to say we feel. All of a sudden we come here, we drag ourselves to services and we open up the Torah and it says, in the beginning, the Lord created heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and full of darkness, and the Spirit of God hovered over that darkness and said, let there be light. God is continuing to speak light over darkness. God will continue to speak light over darkness. God will continue to pour out light over darkness until there ain't no darkness no more. It says in Scripture... Let there be light, and there was light. Now that may seem like one verse followed by another verse, but I tell you it's going to take 7,000 years for him to say, let there be light, and then for the fulfillment of the words, and there was light. Because he will continue to pour out light. He will continue to have light expand and expand and expand and expand until all darkness is done away with. And only at that time will he say, and there was light. And we're still in that process. So we think, we, we feel that we've gone through everything and, you know, we still feel like there's a little bit of darkness in us. And then we come here today and we hear again, let there be light. Because God is the God of the new day. And God is a God of a new thing and a new miracle and new mercies. It's in a book of lamentations, a, a, a book of like, oh, woe is me, God. You've, you've poured out punishment on our people, a book of lamentations where he says, the writer says, oh, your mercies are renewed every morning. And it's today when we once again read, let there be light, we recognize that this is a new day. So don't let your yesterday spoil your today. Yesterday ain't coming ever again. It's not coming ever again. 
Yesterday happened. It is in the past. It is not coming again. So let your today be today and don't let your yesterday spoil your today because his mercies are renewed today. This morning, every morning, his mercies are renewed. If we read the, the, how the tabernacle systems work, do you know what the priests do every morning? They take the ash heap of yesterday's sacrifices and they put it outside the camp, all clean. All renewed every morning. And that's how it is every single morning. In Torah, if you're unclean, you're unclean until sunset, which is a new day. He cleans you every day. And we realize today as we read, let there be light, that he's not done with us, that he has light that he wants to pour forth, pour forth to you, in you, through you today. And it has nothing to do with what you experienced yesterday. Even Yeshua said, don't even worry about tomorrow. Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Adonai. Adonai has created a day, and we see in this Torah portion that he created uh, everything in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. This is actually the first Torah portion right from Genesis 1 where he declares, Shabbat, holy. So Shabbat Shalom, Adonai. This is the day that you've declared it, a day of shalom and a day of rest. So thank you, Lord, that we have the blessing and the privilege of resting with you. Sometimes during the week, I'll take a look at the upcoming week, and I'm like, okay, how am I going to plan this thing out? And I knew that we had a busy time, and I'm always trying to look into the future, and, and I'm like, okay, I have Shabbat service, so like, what am I going to say like during Shabbat service? Like, okay, we have, we're at a campsite. I, I can't even think about next Shabbat. And one thing you learn as a rabbi, like, it's really hard to, 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 to think about, like, Shabbats after this coming Shabbat. Like, all you have is this next Shabbat, so I can't even think about it. So we're at a campsite. I'm like, oh, well, I got to sometime, I got to find time to work on the, the, the message of what I'm going to say. But I can't even think about it because really the next Shabbat after Sukkot was not today, this Shabbat. It was Wednesday night, and I got to think of what we're going to do on Wednesday night, so I can't even put my thought into what we're going to do on this Shabbat. Or what I'm going to say, oy vey. So then I had this brilliant idea. I said, aha, you know what? Thursday's a day off. It's a day of rest. Thursday, I'm going to work on the message for Shabbat. That was a very good plan. Until Susie put me to work. Because it wasn't Shabbat for her until I did a bunch of things. And that had to take precedence over giving, over like even thinking about what I'm going to talk about on Shabbat. So I didn't have any time to do that. And then yesterday I'm working my butt off at work because work has been very, very busy. And then last night we had some company over. We had some great time. So I have no idea what I'm going to say. So I wake up this morning and I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea what the heck I'm going to say. Now, mind you, I've learned that this actually does not bother me because I know I can come here any Shabbat and say, Shalom, no message. The freedom we have here extends to me as well.
or I can come here and just wing it, which is what I'm doing at this moment. Thank God the spirit is a dove because I could ride that dove, you know. So it's like a half hour before it's time to drive to services. And I'm like, you know what, Adonai, I'm going to read the Torah portion. And all of a sudden he starts to download. I'm like, all right, bless the Lord. So in the beginning, the Lord created the heavens and the earth. And there was day one, day two, three, four, five, six, and then he rested. And I, we know and I know that one day to the Lord is as a thousand years to us. In fact, I've always known the seventh m- millennium is, is, is when Yeshua is coming back. That's the millennial kingdom. That's the true Shabbat, the rest Six days we labor, the seventh day is a day of rest. Six thousand years man will toil and work and slave, but the seventh is a day of rest for all mankind. So then I was thinking, well, maybe there's some connection between all the days, the six days of creation, and what we've seen over history. So that, I was like, okay, let me go there. So day one, from, um, from year zero to year 1,000 is the first millennium, so that's day one. Now, according to the Jewish calendar, creation started, the creation moment was roughly 3700 B.C. That's why we get the year 5778 today. Now, I don't know how entirely accurate it is. The, the Jewish people are really good at keeping tradition. So it may very well be accurate. So assuming it is, so the first thousand years is, uh, w- that would be years uh, uh, 3700 B.C. to 2700 B.C. And that is the first millennium, the first thousand years of creation. And of that day, it says that God created light. Let there be light, and there was light, and he separated the light from the darkness. And we see in the scripture, the first thousand years, we see light, creation, going forth. We see multiplication going forth. And we see light going forth. And we even see darkness. We see Cain and Abel, the distinction that he made between light and darkness. We see the distinction with Cain and Abel, light and darkness. We see other light aspects like like Enoch, and we see darkness like the, uh, the Tower of Babel. Babel. The second millennium is year 2700 to 1700 BCE. That is year 1000 to year 2000 in creation. You know who was born right at that time? Noah. What happens in that second day? So we just had the first day. What happens in the second day? God creates the water. The second day, he creates water. And he separates the water from below and the water from above. What happens in that second millennium? The flood. In fact, of all the days in the count of one to six, day two, the day where the waters were created, is the only day that God did not say it is good. Kitov. He does not say that about the second day, the day that the waters were created, and that is the millennium that the flood 
occurred. Day three. Yeah, 1700 BCE to 700. He creates the land. What's the start of this millennium? Abraham and the promise that he will inherit the land. In fact, the time from roughly 1700 BCE to 700 goes from the time of Abraham to the time of the first exile from the land, the Assyrian exile. So that millennium is all about the land. It's all about Israel. It's about the, 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 the promise of the promised land and the going into the promised land and the taking of the promised land and then even the, the casting out from the promised land. Also, on that day, in that, that third day, the seed and the fruit were created, and that's Torah. That's the word of God. All in the third day. The fourth day, 700 BCE to 700 AD, or CE. What's the big event in that millennium? From AD to the coming of Messiah. What happens on the fourth day? The light in the heaven is created. Yeshua came, and it says in John 1, which, by the way, is, a, is, is absolutely, in, in, from the writer John, is a play on this Torah portion when he said, in the beginning was the word. In him was life. And in him, he had life, and in him was the light of men. On the day that the light came into the world is the exact same day that the sun was created, that light came forth. In fact, it said there was two lights as they created the greater light and the less of light, lesser light. And we see even it says of John the Baptist that, like, he's not the light. He's the greater light. Yeshua is the greater light. And so the lesser light is, 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 is his body. And he is the, he's the greater light. So we see that the, the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars on the time that Yeshua came, died, was resurrected, and, and out, come, out comes forth the light, the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And he even spoke over us that you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light under a bushel. All of that happened on the day that light was created. The sun. And the moon and the stars. Fifth day. 700 AD to 1700. What was created? The fish. Not the animals on the land. The land, is, it was, was created, but there's nothing yet on the land. We have the fish in the lower waters, and we have the birds in the higher waters, because it speaks about the heavens being water also. So it was the, the water, the fish that were created. Who is called fish? The, the Christians, the believers. That is the church age. And it said, let the, let the oceans be filled with fish. That is the going forth of, of evangelism and the word of the Lord spreading around the world. It says, let, let the oceans be filled with fish, teeming with fish, it says. And Christians have been called fish since the Roman Empire days. Day six, 
the land comes back into the picture. Let the land, remember the land is Israel, let the land be populated. Day six, which is from 1700 to 2700. Now, mind you, this is approximate. Approximate. This is approximate because we don't exactly know what day, so it's approximate. So don't get, oh, we got another couple hundred years before Yeshua comes. Mm. Could be any time. But 1700 to 2700, number one, the land gets populated. It says, let the cattle and all the, all the animals populate the land. So now we see the land coming back into the picture, being populated in 1948, right in the middle of that millennium. Israel becomes a nation once again. During the previous time, it was all the fish, but nothing on the land. Now in this day six, in this millennium, the land gets populated. And then he says, let us make man in our image. In this generation, in this day, he is in the process of making man in our image. Man, male and female, he created them. What is the mystery of male and female? He created them. That is the mystery of Messiah and his bride. And the two shall become one flesh. We are in the time that Messiah and his bride are becoming one flesh. This is the generation of man being formed in God's image. And all this time, man is in the process of being formed in God's image. And this is the generation, this is the time that that becomes fulfilled. And Messiah and his bride become one. And it says even then that, 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 the, that the people, they only ate what? They only ate seed and they ate, ate plants. And it'd be like, well, I guess in the beginning we were a vegetarian. Okay, that's good, but there's a little bit of a mystery in there also. Because when Messiah comes and he's one with his bride, there will be no more murder. There'll be no more killing. So there'll be no need to kill an animal to eat it. So it's the fulfillment of that when man will only eat seed. And remember, seed is the word. And God said, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes forth from the mouth of Adonai. And that's what it means that at that time that they just ate seed. They didn't eat meat. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will lay down with each other. And there'll be no more wars and sores will be put into plowshares. And that's the fulfillment of day six. And that is where we are on God's time. We are in the time that man is being created, that you are being forged into his image. The Messiah is becoming one with his bride. This is why I feel so passionate, and everybody that knows me knows that I am passionate about marriage. Holy marriages. Passionate of the one who is the head of the house, but gives his life for his bride. And lays it all down for her. This is why I'm passionate about marriage. Because in a, in, a, in a holy marriage, we are foreshadowing Messiah and his bride becoming one. And this is the time that we're in. 
So we are in the time of the unity of Messiah and his bride coming forth. And we are on the verge of that seventh day, that seventh millennium, which will be a Shabbat for the whole world. When all is fulfilled. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Adonai. So all these things that we're praying against, and like, oh, God, help me, help me, help me. You are being formed into his image. You are being formed into his image. You know, when Messiah called forth his bride, it came with a, a spear in his gut. Yeshua was on the cross, and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Man shall leave his father. He said, John, behold your mother. Take care of my mother. He shall leave mother. And just as Eve was taken out of Adam's side, Messiah was pierced in his side. And when he said, it is finished, the Hebrew word for it is finished is kalah, which is the same word for bride. So in one sense, he said, it is finished. In the other sense, he is calling forth his bride. And we are in the day that the husband and the bride are about to come together as one. And it says of that sixth day, subdue the earth. Everything that I just created now comes under your authority. All the animals, all the fish, all the birds, all come under your authority. That is the fulfillment of Messiah becoming one with his bride, reigning on earth forever, and all evil will be subdued. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. So in the beginning, the Lord created heaven and earth. And the earth was void and full of darkness. But it says about the word that it will go forth and it will not return void. In the beginning was the word. And the earth was void and full of darkness. The word will not return void. The word will keep coming to you and keep coming to you and keep coming to you. As long as he sees void, he's going to come back because he won't return void. And that is a process that he is, he's faithful to continue with each and every one of you. He comes forth. If he sees any void, he's not coming back. He's staying because he won't return void. Bless you, Lord. So thank you, Adonai. We love you. And we were so grateful, Adonai, that once we hit the end, we are back at the beginning. And that is a reminder, Adonai, of your mercies that are renewed every morning. Thank you, Adonai, that today is a new day, Lord God. Thank you, Adonai, that you are speaking to us today. Thank you, Adonai, that you have something planned for this year that, you, that we have not seen, but you have seen, and we are walking it out. We are going to partake of what you have seen. And as you said in the beginning, ki tov, it is good. 
And of the sixth day, you actually said, Tov Ma'od. And it is very good. And we are approaching very good. Hallelujah. We thank you, Adonai.